the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Fire up the coffee. Let's get started today talking money. Talking a little bit of, how shall we say, um, top stories. A little economy, strategy, a little pop culture thrown in. Pop culture fact number one today, Taylor Swift. First woman to have 12 number one albums after she re-recorded a Speak Now, Taylor's version. Not just top spot in the Billboard 200, having topped the charts a dozen times. She passed Bob Streisand, who has 11. I'm kind of surprised Bob Streisand has 11. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to piss anyone off. Not today, at least. Yesterday was a good day on Wall Street. The Nasdaq was up almost 1%. The SP 500 was up one third of 1%. The Dow was up one fifth of 1%. Activision, will they or will they not get closure of their deal today? Probably not, but they're still going to end up in the hands of Microsoft sooner rather than later. It looks like. Um, unless something really, really shocking happens. That's a big acquisition from Microsoft. Microsoft, a big operating system company, a big office product company, a big cloud company. I pay for them to do my email server, and I'll probably pay till the day I die. That's just the subscription model that they got, and that's pretty darn good. They'll charge me a dollar or two more every couple of years, and It'll boil down to their bottom line. I like Microsoft as a long-term buy or a long-term hold, however you want to look at it. Russia nixed the landmark deal on the Ukrainian grain yesterday. They refused to extend an agreement that helped keep global food prices stable. Um, Russia also seized local assets of European companies Danone and Carlsberg, underscoring the risk for foreign companies staying in business there. And a Ukrainian attack damaged a bridge connecting Russia with Crimean Peninsula, which Russia annexed in 2014. It will be a nice day when I don't have to talk about Russia and Ukraine. I know it's a war. I know it's tragic. I know there's a lot of that stuff going on. You're like, boo, Rob has to talk about it. Not going that direction in any way, shape, or form. Just telling you. Um, those are the kind of headlines that discourage more so than uplift. Ford is bringing its pickup to the EV wars. Um, the F-150 Lightning. Ford reduced the starting cost of its battery-powered pickup from 59995 to 49995 saying it was because of lower material prices and greater production capabilities. I don't know. Doesn't it feel like yeah, buying a Tesla or a Ford electric vehicle right now just feels like they can price jack you and price drop it on you? What? I think Ford slashed the price because the first Cybertruck came off the production line and they're trying to get some headlines. I don't know if that I believe that. And the more I say about it, but trying to get some headlines doesn't sound right. A lot of stories about skip lagging. That's when you live in Charlotte, but you book a flight from uh, L.A. to uh, New York with a layover in Charlotte. and You just get off the plane at Charlotte. 
Um, why skip the final city? Because it's cheaper to go straight to Charlotte, uh, to go with a leg than to go direct to Charlotte. Something like the airline industry, they need to clean up their business practices because people will figure out hacks on how to get around it. Just throwing that down there. Um, what else do I have for you? Here's an odd little stat. There are more NBA players with $30 million a year salaries than S&P 500 CEOs guaranteed the same amount annually. I don't know what that means. I guess it means if you're six foot 10 and you can shoot a three, a three pointer, um, you got some good guarantees in life. I don't know. I try to throw in some of the odd facts. Oh, here's a horrible one. You want to hear like a casualty? of SAG and the writers, uh, the screen actors and the writers um, strike going on in Hollywood right now. We're going to get the golden bachelor. I know you're saying, wait, the bachelor, hot, young, beautiful in bikinis, the bachelor, right? What's the golden bachelor is someone going to be painting out a gold. Are they going to do it in a Mayan inking city? No, 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 no. TV is going to get, and this is why the four horsemen are coming. A 71-year-old bachelor. I know, I know, I know. Um, that's probably the average age now of people who watch network TV. Just kidding, just kidding. Seriously, just kidding. Um, that sounds horrific to me. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of pickleball in the show. <laughs> And that's not a sexual innuendo. It's just, I think there's going to be a lot of pickleball in the show. Don't even know what that means, but that's what I'm thinking. Oh, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. Today, retail sales came out. This is a big one. Um, how is the consumer holding up? I think we kind of have a basic idea. Um, that... We should be slowing down with higher interest rates. It's hitting our credit card costs. But we're fully employed, so we're not slowing down. Let's talk about what we're seeing out there today um, with earnings, and then we'll get into retail sales right after that. Um, way better than expected. The results from Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Charles Schwab, and Lockheed Martin, as well as Prologis, not moving the markets today. So earnings being good or very good, not being a catalyst. Total retail sales in June increased a weaker than expected two-tenths of a percent month over month. So they increased, but weaker than expected. They're expected to increase one-half of 1%. They came in at less than half that two-tenths of a percent. May sales were revised to up to one-half a percent from three-tenths of a percent. So kind of got some of it back when you look at a two-month blended average. Excluding autos, June retail sales also increased a weaker than expected, two-tenths of a percent. The key takeaway is we're up nice on a year-over-year basis. We're far from a recessionary distress signal, but it is getting weaker going into the back half of the year. Not a good time for an economy to stall, but these are not stall speeds yet. You know when I'm talking about stall speeds, when a plane starts going too slow and the engines shut off um, and they have to do a dive, 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 dive to get the speed back up to get the engines to kick back on. 
kind of scary to think about. But the markets reacted before the open day, kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And ultimately, the two-year Treasury yield is down two basis points to 4.7%, and the 10-year Treasury is at 3.76%. So they're kind of where they're supposed to be. But there was a little bit of, uh, is this bad news? And I know you're saying, great quote, Rob. Is this bad news? Um, What else do we have to hit today? Um, Let's see how the markets are opening. Special counsel has told Trump he's a target in the probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Um, Ultimately, Jack Smith, who's investigating him for the Mar-a-Lago documents, is also figuring out investigations into the 2020 election where he tried to overturn the results. More on that with the television shows called the news programs, CNN. I don't even know that's news anymore. It seems to be opinion and Fox News seems to be opinion. Um, But that'll be a hot topic tonight. Why are we doing this? Of course we're doing this. Why not do this? We should do this. We shouldn't do this. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So let's go some rapid fire stuff this segment, shall we? Pools, they're expensive. Um, dogs, they are the number one claim on your homeowner's insurance. I would never buy a dog that has a history in its breed of biting. Um, just throwing that down there for you. I've got a little too much saved in life to uh, invite a kid into my house to play with my son and he gets bit and his parents sue me. No, thank you. Let's talk swimming pools. First and foremost, I understand the pandemic came. I I think the coolest thing that I saw in the pandemic was a guy who would rent out his swimming pool to uh, basically friends and neighbors. And he had a nice pool. Pretty creative. Um, the routine maintenance is costly. If you're using them year round, like in Florida or Arizona, it's 110 to 350 bucks a month, a week to have the cool clean. Uh, it gets pricey. It gets pricey. Um, repairs are costly. When you do need to get a plumbing repair, it's going to cost you at least a thousand plus dollars. There's safety risks of falling and hitting your head. Fencing for an above-ground pool starts at $74 per fence panel. Um, so you fence it around so that neighbor's kids can't accidentally fall in. It's not cheap. You need additional insurance on your home. I have a $5 million umbrella insurance liability policy. Uh, it doesn't cost me much. It's $300 a year. But ultimately, if someone hurts themselves in my pool and it goes above and beyond my homeowner's insurance, my umbrella policy takes care of me. My umbrella policy is also there in case today when I'm driving to get a burger for lunch, if I'm driving and uh, I hit a car, but not just any car because my auto insurance is pretty good, but I hit a car with four attorneys in it. The resale value on homes with a pool is lower than you would think. Most of your home's value might increase at 7%, and that only if it meets criteria when it's time to sell. You need to really keep that pool, how shall we say, maintained. 
your, your energy bills go up. Um, a lot of pool owners don't keep their chemicals quite right and they get germs in the pool and suddenly they get sick a little more often. A lot going on there, right? When the kids grow up and leave the house, there's no need to ever be in the pool again. And yet you're there for another 10, 20 years as empty nesters. So, and of course, water brings in insects and wildlife, things that I don't like. Beanie Baby Mania is back. Uh, There's an upcoming film, The Beanie Bubble. It dives into one of the biggest and most absurd speculative crazes in history. But before you 90 kids go on starting hating on me, start thinking about the movie. One of the directors called it a funeral for the American dream. Um, The Beanie Bubble. Do you remember the Beanie Bubble, Beanie Babies? Oh, eBay made a killing on us. It was, it's going to be on Apple TV. And um, you can make a lot of money selling little plush toys to people is the bottom line because people are stupid. I know you're saying that's harsh, Rob, but oh man, people are not smart. Rich dad, poor dad. He's one of the ones that I don't much care for. Um, Robert Kiyosaki. He's been saying for the last 20 years, typically every month, that the economy is going to crater, and he warns of a massive crash in stocks. He says he hasn't owned, he doesn't own stocks or bonds. He wants to own things he can control. So he's missed out on the biggest bull market. He's missed out on 30 amazing years. He's not the smartest, and yet people are like, oh, it's Robert Kiyosaki, who's been, um, how shall we say, investigated by numerous state attorneys. He's had not hit pieces, but pieces questioning his uh, judgment on 60 Minutes. So figure out for yourself what you think is an expert or not. I could tell you what. He has a $395 class that you can take that'll confuse you. And you'll be asked to sign up for another class shortly thereafter. I'm not a big fan of Kiyosaki. Um, I think the broken clock is wrong right twice a day. Um, he's been wrong about gold for 20 years. Um, he's been wrong about Bitcoin. Like, I I would be very cautious trying to find a guru or a Buddha who sells seminars and who's trying to get the middle class to the lower class, how to be rich like a billionaire, how to think like a millionaire. I think that's going to get you into a lot of trouble. Here's a shocking statistic for this segment. Um, you know, Virgin Galactic, the company that would send you up to space, space tourism. If you invested $1,000 in Virgin Galactic in 2020, do you know how much you would have today? $335 or less. That's not good. There was a crazy hype bubble on it. And if you listen to this show, we would say things like, I don't know. Um, how many people are going to spend two hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars to go up in space for three or four minutes? Basically, Ooh. not my kind of thing. Spending money. Generation X alarming new analysis of my generation shows forty percent of us have no money saved. What is up with that? An estimated forty percent of Generation Xers have nothing in retirement. A typical Gen X household with a private retirement plan has $40,000 in savings. 
when you go into low income Gen Xers who typically have $4,300 or less, there's a Go Banking Rates survey that says one third of Gen X have less than 10,000. So these are people 45 to 54 years old. That's not good. Time is running out. At the age of 50, you should at least have, I'd say somewhere in the, your mid-40s, you should at least have 500000 saved up if you want to live well in retirement. Not, not, not high on the hog, well. So getting 40000 in before you're 30 is important. Let's just round that number up to 50. So let's say you're 30 and you have 50000 By the time you're 37, you'll have 100000 by the time you're 44, it'll be 200,000. By the time you're 50, that'll be 400,000. By the time you're 60, that'll be 800,000. But if you don't get that initial 30, 40, 50,000 going by the time you're 30, One. you're probably going to work till the day you die. Now, I know Generation X has um, sometimes a lack of employer sponsored plans. You got to go with the IR then. I know that my generation had a lot of student loan debt, stagnant wages. There's been risky investments, including the recent cryptocurrencies. And there's safer investments like index funds, exchange-related funds that you could have gone with. I know inflation has been a big problem, but you got to save money, people. My generation is it's just as bad as, as, well, the millennials. Generation Z, you got to save money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Big event coming up in Los Gatos in August. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Let's talk AI, artificial intelligence. We're moving into earn or we're in earning season, second quarter of the year. And in the last 90 days, NVIDIA basically said, AI is going to really help us. We have the AI chip that no one else has, that everyone's going to want, and we're going to sell a lot of them. Now we're about two weeks away from finding out what, how many did they sell. If you own the stock, you may want to consider hedging, maybe taking a little bit of profit. Maybe doing a, a option call on it. These are all things you need to consult a broker advisor, particularly any action on anything I ever mention on this show. Um, because it's run up a lot and it's time to tell the truth. Will the real earnings report please stand up? Now, when we talk AI, we hear about it in the writer strike. We hear about it in life. I've seen some crazy examples of how AI spending is already starting to spread. NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Apple are obvious plays that will benefit from AI. They will grow AI spending to more than $300 billion in 2026, doubling as a proportion of their IT spending. So... Not only are their stocks moving up, but their expenditures are moving up as well. 
they have to buy a lot of chips. They have to buy a lot of hardware. They have to figure out the, the data. So far, analysts aren't really that impressed with Google. That's tough to say because the stock has moved up. Just not as meaningfully as the other players, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Apple. NVIDIA is set to win over the long term as its semiconductors in CUDA software. Um, kind of are the, the best players right now. It's the most trusted platform for AI development. Microsoft should win an increasing share of the profit in the software industry as its Office and Windows applications can make it the most common interface for how personal computers interact with AI. I see one analyst initiated NVIDIA with a $625 target. That's based on 2026 earnings. So they're saying you need to invest in it for three years, ultimately, for it to be valued fairly at $625. That's 45 times their projection on earnings. That's a high PE. And it's also priced for perfection if something doesn't go well. Microsoft got a buy rating today of $430. It's getting a 33 times forecast earnings for 2025. Apple's been less of a consensus pick in AI, but one analyst is saying he expects them to change as users begin to demand access to AI-powered applications on their iPhones. Google, parent Alphabet, already pays around $20 billion a year to be the default search engine on Apple's Safari internet browser. Apple has what's referred to by analysts as mobile real estate, that real estate where they can sell a spot to Google or Microsoft is only going to increase in value, thus getting more compensation from Google or Microsoft to the rights for its default search engine. Apple got a price target today of $240. Now, why is Alphabet not loved? It's interesting, right? They kind of bought into the company that was doing major AI research. They should have been the grandfather of AI. Alphabet has a price target of 147, 20 times 2025 projections. Just uncertainty about prospects. That feels odd. Feels a little lacking. Adobe's already enjoying momentum. As a clear winner in generative AI, you can do some really fun things with uh, Adobe's generative AI. And since Adobe has so many graphics programs out there, they own a lot of images. And if you want to make an image of me, age me back to age 18, dress me in Armani suits... You just type into their their AI. Um, imagine Rob Black as an 18-year-old well-dressed billionaire. And it'll go out and get the images of me. Like it's pretty cool what it does. And then you could say, but he's got elephant arms. <laughs> and it'll throw on the elephant arms. Very creative. 
Um, Intel could be a winner, as could IBM and Cisco, with the halo effect of what analysts call. I would be very cautious. Um, in my opinion, be very cautious on what you're expecting um, from the lower tier names. We've already seen some companies report earnings that were disappointing in the AI space and the stock getting hit. Uh, C3AI, for instance. Just don't get into the story stock mode where, oh, for let me give you a better example. In the 1990s, I saw a lot of people invest in anything.com. It could be monster.com. It could be I smell cheesy.com. It could be... Um, we had too many digital cities. We had too many dot-com companies. Very few won in the long run. Very few won. More lost than won. We have startups mini fail pretty quickly. Um, they don't get through their first year. Even fewer get through their second year. Be very cautious chasing. We've seen the dot-com implosion. Um, some of the ideas were great, like Webvan. Isn't that just, uh, you know, Uber now bringing groceries to your home or Instacart? I think so. Got a question. Should I pay off my mortgage or invest in CDs? Ooh, I like these kind of strategy questions. You can get a CD at four, four and a half percent, but your mortgage is at 2.3%. I will never, ever pay off a 2.3% mortgage. Sorry. It's too low cost of money. In fact, uh, Rick Edelman did a great piece 30 years ago on why you should never prepay your mortgage. And it ranges from it'll go up in value whether it's prepaid or not. You shift the liability of a disaster onto you from the banks. So a hurricane comes, a tornado comes, takes your house, you owe a million dollars on it. You can walk away and just say, sorry, I'm out, bankrupt. But if you've paid for it, yeah, you also lost that money, right? But on top of it, um, the low cost of the the money and the fact that you know interest is deductible for many Americans on their home. So, if you were to tell me your mortgage is seven percent or six percent, I pay off any debt over six percent. It's kind of that line. Um, so if you've got a credit card at 20%, Rob says pay that first before you invest. If you have mortgage at 10%, Rob says pay that off first before you invest. Um, but anything under six, I, I try to manage that debt. So, But there is some questions right now on uh, CDs versus CDs as an investment holder. I don't have a problem if you want to own a one or two year CD. I wouldn't go much further than that, um, but it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to accomplish income and you can live off 4%, great. That's safe right there. Boom. You're looking right at it, a CD, a money market fund, a treasury. But that is only on the stipulation that you can live off that type of interest. If you find yourself like I did earlier in the show, Generation X, where 40% have very little money saved, you can't afford to be in a CD. You need to be exposed yourself to growth. Now, again, we're all different. This is not advice to you. 
you need to reach out to me, contact CFP, whatever it is, and contact a professional before you go out and, and start investing like a, a madman, so to speak. You have to have a plan. So inside my company, EP, I'm hosting a, a series called What's the Plan? And investor education is part of the plan, for instance. Um, but having a plan is part of having a, uh, you know, going the right direction. When I started investing at age 18, my goal was to retire before I turned 35 with a million dollars. Back then, I was a little naive. I thought, you know, um, I could live on the beach, sell bananas or oranges to people on the beach, mark up the prices 100 plus percent, bottled waters, things like that. Um, have a beautiful woman. A million dollars would get me $40,000 a year until the day I die. That seemed like a good, but it, that, it was a plan. It just wasn't a realistic plan. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up at the end of August, kind of mid-late August in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event at the events page at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's the seven tests of readiness for retirement. You pass the seven tests, you can retire. CFP Chad Burton's doing a new seminar. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Here's how life changes. In my 20s, the story would have been funny. Like, haha. I kind of consider this next story tragic now. A spectator taking a selfie caused another huge pileup of the Tour de France. Replay footage shows the spectator holding their phone, arms outstretched, and clipping a cyclist. Tour de France tweet, tweeted that every rider that fell was able to get back on their bikes. It is a crazy, huge crash. There's something humorous about crashes, but then again, these are people's lives. They've been training their whole life. And that's their, their, their way of earning money. If you see the footage, you're going to go, that's crazy. Anyway, I think that's called perspective. The difference between 20-year-old Rob and 50-year-old Rob. And hopefully you yourself have changed your perspective. Um, I'm having a conversation with my CFP, Brad, today. And talking about, you know, uh, moving more and more towards income. I don't need growth anymore. I've got too much money. I'm not going to leave growth, but I'm going to increase my holdings in, in income type of vehicles. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to say the show's over and goodbye to growth stock investing in any way, shape or form, but my perspective has changed and I'm getting older. Um, my spouse wants to take a plane trip somewhere. <clears throat> and I do too. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, the markets are higher today. Interesting. Not all of them. The S&P 500 is up one quarter of 1%. 
when I say the S&P 500, you know what my head instantly, my perspective goes to? Don't really care, but I know it's my 401k. I don't really care for you, but I know it's in your 401k. We know the S&P 500 this year is basically NVIDIA, Microsoft, Tesla, Alphabet. We know the players. We're, we're not that impressed by it, are we? I hope not. Uh, Meta. Apple. That's the S&P 500 in my head right now because it's so market-weighted. Now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 300 points today. I kind of like seeing that because year-to-date, the NASDAQ's up 38%. The Dow's up 4 Now, it just hit a, a, a 52-week high yesterday, which or a, a 2023 high. I was happy to see that because I don't just want to be the only winner in growth stocks. NASDAQ's a little bit lower today. Russell 2000's up 1%. Small caps. I know they're in my 401k. Typically how most Americans do their 401k. And here's a quick 401k 403b 457 lesson for you. It's tic-tac-toe board is how you should invest. And on the north-south axis, there's small, medium, large. And the east-west axis, there's growth, growth and income, and income. Now, you can change the word income to value if you want. And ultimately, I think you you figure out what's right for you, how much of those tic, uh, those tic-tac-toe boxes you want to go with. You could either go with six or you can go with nine. And you allocate large cap growth. Sure, that's the S&P 500. Um, but if you want large cap value, you're going to have to find a different matrix for that. If you want growth and income, you're going to have to find a different matrix in the S&P 500. So when I say the S&P 500, I think, oh, that's my large cap growth. A lot of people, their 401k have that box checked. The Russell 2000 is a box that's checked. It's in that small cap, north, south, small. And kind of more of a growth and income kind of index. Oil's a little higher today. That's optimistic that the world's going to start saying we, we need to consume things, let the economies roll. Ten-year treasury sits at 3.76%. I think that's very doable right now as far as an environment for success or failure on Wall Street. Bitcoin's under $30,000. Don't have any stories on it today. Sorry. Um, it's not my favorite thing to follow uh, for no other reason than it's not. What else do we have to hit today as far as big stories go? Um, when is the best time to buy stocks? People ask me that. And I say during a recession um, or every two weeks for the rest of your life. I like it when stocks are down 10, 20, 30%. When we hit a bear market, I love it. Now, when I was 20 years old, speaking of perspective, recession scared me. I thought I was losing my money. I had a brother, Michael, who uh, told me, ah, you know, I started my business back in the mid 90s. He goes, ah, you won't last. It'll come a recession, it'll take you down. And uh, let's just put it this way I've got a 10-digit portfolio, and he's probably at a six-digit. 
Um, if that, and most of that probably due to the inheritance from my mother, he actually quit stocks in the 1990s because the market went down. And I actually got into the industry when the market went down, right after the market went down. And I've written out many down markets. And in my 20s, I did not like down markets because those, those words that my brother threw out there played in my head. But by the time I got in my 30s, I'm like, I love down markets. It's like going into a candy store and everything's on sale. Sweet, if you like candy. Um, I'm not really a candy guy, but you're picking up what I'm putting down, I think. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Anything you ever want to talk about, we could talk about. It's the fastest hour in money every day. The podcast is Rob Black and Your Money or the Rob Black Show. Tell a friend. Don't forget event coming up in Los Gatos at the Toll House on the 7th. Readiness test for retirement with CFP Chad Birch and myself, sponsored by EP Wealth. You can sign up for the event in August at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.